a Lifetime Original Podcast. Oh, 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 this, this is, is all that. This is all that. that. Yep. Was it? Check it. Check it. Check it. does <laughs> <laughs> it go? Now, this is just an introduction. I'm about to blow your mind. The show is all of that. And yes, we do it all the time. We, we all of it. So sit still because we come coming da, right da, da, back. Da, da, da. That was a bop. Hey, y'all. Welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we highlight all things Black. That's Black stories, Black courage, and Black determination. I'm here with my extraordinary co-host, Kirby Dixon. Hello. Hey, girl. Now, if Kirby were a 90s Nickelodeon character. Ooh. Okay, I'm really excited for this one. I know, right? A 90s Nickelodeon character. Yes. Childhood manifested. What are you going to, how are you going to disrespect me this week, girl? (laughs) (laughs) She never thinks I picked the right people. No, you do. do. But I have my reasons. I have my reasons. Let me tell you. Oh, here we go. I'm torn. I'm torn between two people. Mm-hmm. Susie from Rugrats mm-hmm. and Penny Proud from The Proud Family. Of course. Literally. How did you know that? Literally, I thought you were going to say either Raven from That's So Raven or Penny Proud from The Proud Family. No. Let me explain why. Okay. Raven's a little too... Raven be messing up a lot, okay? <laughs> like, how do you get visions but you still can't see the future? That's chaotic energy. Okay, let's talk like, about it. That's not like, I know, that's not like ending well. So, like, Susie was the boss. I would have given you Susie, but she didn't have no black friends. So, <laughs> that's why I went for Penny Road. <laughs> I would have given you Because Susie. she's cute and she she's loud friends. and she got it she going was, on. Yeah. Okay. She got it going on. Shout yeah. out to Kyla Pratt. <laughs> yeah. And y'all know who that is. That is my marvelous co host, Miss Amira Lawali. And if Amira were a 90s Nickelodeon character, she would be, do-do-do. I actually was going to say Susie from Rugrats for you as well. Ooh. First of all, Rugrats was like one of my favorite 90s cartoons. I used to watch it religiously. Uh I still do. Susie is just like this natural-haired queen that walks around. She's the boss. She has good ideas. She's also, like, a little bit manipulative from what I remember. Like, she can get the the Rugrats to do what she wants them to do. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think she's, like, an all-around incredible character. Like, well done, Nickelodeon, for creating a character like Susie Carmichael back in the day. I know. You know who my favorite Nickelodeon character is? Chucky! No. It was um, the black girl from As Told by Ginger, (laughs) Miranda. Oh! Yes. Oh, that's a great one. I love her. Her energy. She was just why I was a little mean on the playground. Because I said, if Miranda is not going to do that, I'm not going to do it either. So. A really great decade. A decade of nostalgia. I know. You know what? You know what? I'm going to throw some other iconic black characters from the 90s. We got Gerald from. Um, Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. We've got Skeeter Cousin from Cousin Skeeter. Skeeter. Mm-hmm. We've also got Skeeter from Doug. Although he was blue, he didn't need to be blue, but he was blue back in the day. You're right. He was blue. And we also have, okay, we have Keenan. We have Kel. Recess. Mm, yes. Homegirl oh. is not black, but she definitely has black ways. Spinelli? Spinelli. Yes. Spinelli, my girl. Spinelli was a queen. But Spinelli is definitely not black. She's not. Well, there was a black character in Recess. 
what's his name? The guy who plays all the sports, the athlete. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. He was good. Do you have, do you have any memories of watching cartoons growing up? Oh my gosh, I okay. I was obsessed with TV. So yes, like it's all. <laughs> I thought I was like in these shows. Like that's how I get in trouble. Because I would do mm-hmm. things the characters would do, and then I would get in trouble. Be like, that's the black character to get in trouble. Like, they're yes. just living life, exploring. <laughs> yes. You know, the craziest part, though, is watching some of those cartoons from that decade, and even, like, the early 2000s, as, like, through this adult lens now. Mm-hmm. Them cartoons were not made for us, girl. Nope. It's literally, like, us writing lines for cartoons now, <laughs> having mm-hmm. lived the life we've lived so far, and trying to make the jokes work. Because kids don't understand. No, they don't. And every time I see, like, a cartoon character get, like, too hype on cookies or ice cream, I'm like, oh, they're getting drunk. <laughs> yes, they're getting drunk. They're getting high. They're getting all, yeah. of, all of the above. Like, Cat Dog. Uh, oh, Ren I love Cat Dog. Oh, did you ever watch that show with the kids that, like, um, that were skateboarding? Rocket Power? Rocket. Oh, okay. So, Rocket Power is a pristine show. Like, oh. woogity, woogity, woogity. <laughs> top tier. Top tier, baby. Yes. Yes, there's so many. Like, woogity, woogity. <laughs> Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Speaking of iconic mm-hmm. 90s nostalgic figures yep. that literally mm-hmm. are a blast from the past from our childhood, we spoke with the Mr. Orange yep. Soda, the Mr. Good Burger, the Mr. All That, Kel Mitchell this week. The one baby, the one and only the Kel and Mitchell. Only. On a scale of one to ten, how hard was it for you to not ask him if he loved orange soda? Ooh, a twelve. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> because I have to know, like, did you really? He was so great. He was so It was so, so good. much fun. He's also just very <laughs> introspective and yeah. yeah, and like very passionate about the things that he talks about. I didn't was not expecting that coming into this conversation. Yeah. He like makes you think about the reason behind the journey that you're on. Just so nice. Agreed. And he also makes you think about the larger purpose in life. Like the things yeah. that you've done in the past are not necessarily defining what you do in the future, but there's more to these these people that we know and love than the characters that they played on TV. So I thought that was really special. For those of you who need a little refresher on who the iconic mm-hmm. Kel Mitchell is, Kel is an American actor and stand-up comedian known for his work as an original cast member of the Nickelodeon sketch comedy series All That and one half of the comedic duo Keenan and Kel. I do, I do, I do, ooh, had to say it. Um, <laughs> his comedy work is Emmy-nominated, and since then he has devoted his life to young people as a youth pastor and novelist. Kel opened up to us about his emotional journey from childhood stardom to adulthood, and he speaks candidly about how his faith helped him get through years of hardship. He also shares a sneak peek into his newest book, Bless Mode, a 90-day motivation for a better life. Who loves Kel Mitchell? We love Kel Mitchell. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Kel Mitchell, let's get into it. 
This episode features descriptions of a suicidal nature. Please practice self-care before listening. And if you or someone you know is in crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Hello. Oh my gosh. We are so excited. This we are so, so cool. excited. <laughs> it's actually like hard to speak. We've been excited about this for a while. So thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Feels like having like such an icon. We like to start the podcast the same every week. How do you plan to choose joy this week? Hmm. How do I plan to choose joy this week? By preparing to choose joy. so how do you prepare to choose joy you got to wake up in the morning and spend time with God and say no matter what happens today I'm going to keep my joy so whatever trouble comes up um, whatever thing I'm thinking about that might come up I know God knows my future so I'm ready for it so I choose joy in the morning and anything that I goes on in my day I'll be ready for it to respond enjoy so good well we also choose joy today and every day and waking up with that same mantra so thank you for that hey. like amira said this is iconic for us right yeah, like is. this is literally our childhood <laughs> manifested this is a very surreal moment for us between <laughs> keenan and kel all that good burger you literally had such a pivotal hand in all of black culture. And the reason why we grew up Mm. seeing so much black excellence on screen. And this podcast is rooted in Amira and I really building a table for our black faves. And so we wanna ask you, did you have a seat at the table and a voice in the room when you were taking part in all these iconic shows? Yeah, I did, which was what's beautiful about it. Like a lot of the things that they would allow us to do, they would say, hey, do it the way that we wrote it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. get that take in. And then after that improv, go for it. And that was just awesome for them to be able to us, A, as kids, to be able to take our lead on that with these uh, sketch characters, because it started off with all that. So right. uh, that was awesome. And a lot of the characters that we created happened within like the audition process. Oh, that's so cool. And so like Ed was in the audition process. I just came in and I just did like a Valley dude. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> you know? my gosh. And, uh, yeah, I was watching a lot of Saved by the Bell and shows like that. And I just created this like, well, dude, yeah. And then like <laughs> Coach Creighton was actually based on a coach in my high school that was just very mean about, it doesn't matter what was going on. <laughs> he was mean, you know what I mean? He was like, mm-hmm. don't nobody care about Valentine's. And so <laughs> for me, it was kind of cool to be able to have these characters come to life with when the writers put like, you know, life into it. And then it was just awesome to them allow us to improv. And a lot of the improv is where we got most of uh, the greatest stuff, you know, wow. that, that happened out of it, that they kept too, which was pretty cool. That's special. Cause I think Amir and I were talking about how black humor is very specific mm-hmm. and we can kind of tell even back in the day based on the characters that you guys created that you had to have had a hand because there's no other way that a writer naturally would have been able to come up with the moments that you guys created for us. So that's really <laughs> cool to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I love that. Having a seat at the table is so important. We talked about this recent Kirk Franklin film and it was made by like a black producer on our end, on the network end. And it, you could see mm-hmm. it in the details. Like it's not just like, 
what's written, but it's like the culture behind it. It's the little details. And I'm just saying thank you very much because I noticed <laughs> watching and it helped create who I am as a person today. Mm-hmm. Oh, I it's all in the details. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and we've heard from so many different people what it's like to be a child star. We've recently had a few child stars who we love on this show this past season mm-hmm. and the season before. And they kind of like spoke about the pressures that come with it. Yeah. What was your experience being a child star? You know, it's it's different because with our show, uh, it started off just like to be a special. And so it wasn't going to be serious. So it wasn't like it was going straight to series. It was a special. Nickelodeon had never tried a show that was so diverse and so uh, hip hop driven. So they never yeah. done anything like that before. And so they were like, well, let's just see how this works. And uh, the ratings were through the roof. So then when that happened, it was like, okay. Because I, I went back home to Chicago. And I was like going to high school, I'm chilling, you know, and all that stuff like that. But then the show kicked off. And uh, when it kicked off, that was kind of like, all right, trying to balance life, you know, how it was. Mm -hmm. And then now I got this television show. As it started progressing, at first in the beginning, it was kind of like people were still kind of finding it out if you weren't like the young crowd that was watching Nickelodeon. So in my high school, uh, that that year, when it did come out, I was able to still kind of move around without everybody kind of like really knowing too much. Yeah. But then it was a moment where like, I ran by, I remember I ran by a freshman and they were like, yeah. And, they were like, <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then one of my teachers ended up playing it in the school so that was that was crazy like he played it in the classroom like I I heard my voice like I heard it and I was like "Uh uh-oh so uh, (laughs) after a while it just started like you know the the fandom started going but to answer your question when it started really blowing up it was kind of like is someone liking me because of the character that I play Mm -hmm. or for me you know what I Mm -hmm. mean and so that was a a thing that uh adulting through this process that's some of the like uh, difficulties that will come up and some of the pressures and some of the stress. And then also too, where you start to understand like, okay, well, this is a a job, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as you, when you're a kid, you don't really see that at that moment, you know what I mean? And so uh, when we brought all that back in 2019, I had told the kids something that I wish was told to me. And I basically told them that understand this, that you were special the day that you were born. Yeah. All right. So when you were knitted in a womb, you were made special. This show is not the thing that makes you special. So no, this is just a stepping stone in a very long career. Right. right. So then that way, when it's like the producers are like, yo, bro, you my bro. And this, that other, and these, these people. And then, so you don't take it as, well, now my bro is not, you know, calling me as much, or this is not going on. And now the show has stopped and this is happening. So you won't get into that mindset. You get more to like, oh, this is a job. This is just a stepping stone. Uh, and I think like a lot of celebs, you know, a lot of young celebs, it's, uh, it's hard when you're adulting within the limelight and uh, trying to figure it all out. <laughs> you yeah, know? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like in a way, there's almost like a little bit of luck that came at the age of when you were growing up in the limelight because social media wasn't quite as prevalent then as oh, it is yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have yeah. like the internet trolls and you can see how people are reacting to your characters so quickly. But wondering with some of the things that you dealt with being a child star in Hollywood, did any of those pressures get to a point where you're just like, this fandom is just too much? Because you have those iconic characters where I feel like people will run up to you all the time and be like, oh my God, can yeah. you do this one? Can you do that one? Yeah, and it was even different because it wasn't social media. So if a kid, you know, if a fan saw you out, it was 
crazy like they're <laughs> screaming and all right. that stuff and so uh for us we enjoyed it i mean it was a thing of like this is so much fun i wouldn't say that that's a a uh, a difficulty i just say like when you are basically at what i said where it's just like just trying to figure out the difference between my character and a good sense of self mm-hmm. like having to always feel like i gotta be on right. you know what i mean like, I got to be on, I got to be this, I got to be that. It constantly, even though you might not feel like it at that moment. And then also where I grew up, things were going on too with In the Shy, where it's like I had to kind of push that back and just, you know, be my character on the show. But then real things were going on, you know and I mean? I had a friend that was murdered. I had, you know, uh, things that were happening with, you know, my, my uncle's murdered. You know, I grew up in, a, in that type of environment. But then I also had uh, the church as well. And then I also had, you know, uh, family members that were doctors and all these different things. But then I also had uh, the gang life as well. Right. So, you know, growing up with all of those things going on and not being able to really deal with it at the time you want to deal with it, you have to just like go and like, hey, you got to go yeah. get on stage, go finish the show. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, that is so yeah. hard yeah. to balance. I think about it now. If something happens mm-hmm. in my personal life, me coming as my full self to a meeting is so difficult. It's rare. Like yeah. I can't turn it off. So you as a teen having to separate those lives, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it. It's, I, it's, it's something I'm growing into separating my personal life from my professional life, mm-hmm. but it still pops in. It's like, let alone puberty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I meant. Like, between. yeah, you're adulting in front of the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever you might be going through, dating whatever it is you know and you just have to like okay learn how to switch it off and just give a good show and then (laughs) go back to those emotions you know Mm -hmm. yeah i kind of want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about knowing if people were there for you or there for your character at what point in life do you think you were able to kind of easily know who was there for you it was a more of a being aware of that you know, I don't think that I was aware of that until I got much older, you know what I mean? Until I got way much older. And it's like, you start having this anxiety of like, oh, is, is this person going to try to do this? They're trying to take my money. They're trying to do this. What are you doing? You know what I mean? So you just, you just never know. And it's this anxiety that kind of like, kind of comes in and whatever past stress you were dealing with or whatever was going on. And you have to feel like you have to be on 24 seven, especially when you're working for a network like Nickelodeon, you really got to be like, Hey, forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and so that's going on, but then you have, you know, real stuff. That's why it's like, uh, I'm glad social media wasn't around around that time because there's some things that would have been caught up. <laughs> they definitely would have caught us with. Yeah. Yeah. One of the main things I appreciate about you is that I feel like you've been so open and so vulnerable with all of the good and the bad that has occurred in your journey. And you've never allowed yourself to stay in one part of your journey, right? Like the evolution is so clear. And we actually spoke to one of your friends last season, Mr. Karamo Brown, who, hey. oh my gosh, like talk about an adoration <laughs> for you. Just oh like full on love letter. He was literally like, no, you talk to Kel and it'll <laughs> change your life. Yes. Like he will lift your whole spirit. <laughs> Karamo, that's my boy, man. <laughs> and he spoke so highly of you and just how motivational mm-hmm. you have always been, especially through that Dancing with the Stars experience. <laughs> yes. But one of the things that we got very real with him about is talking about black men, mental health, and this idea that you have to hit rock bottom before you can 
cross over the mountaintop, right? So just wondering as you're navigating Hollywood and you have these other things that are going on behind the scenes, what was rock bottom for you? And most importantly, how did you overcome? Mm, um, okay, so let's get, let's get deep on that. It's really where I feel like I talk to people a lot of times where, you know, in the word it says, renew your mind daily, right? Mm-hmm. So there's multiple rock bottoms, if I can say that. You know what I mean? All depression is, right? Depression is just a frustration that you don't know how to deal with. So you take that frustration and you stick it in here so nobody else sees it. And then that turns into depression because you don't know how to deal with it, right? Yeah, like eats you from the inside out. Exactly, exactly. So the thing that you have to do is start to talk about it, but that's hard when you have already suppressed it, pushed it back and and going like, no, I don't want everybody to know what's going on because I'm a celebrity, you know, and I'm this and I'm that and I'm this. So it's traumatic things that I went through as a youngster, as a teen, and then as a, a young adult, right? And there's things that you suppress, that you pull back, right? I remember when I was looking at my life and it was multiple times, like well, it was a time when I was suicidal. And at this moment, it was like, okay, jobs were, you know, not coming in, you know, uh, but I was working at the time. I was working on Like Mike 2 at the time. And I was in a horrible marriage and things was horrible. You know what I mean? And if I had a good sense of self, myself I would have never gotten to that relationship and then also too I remember that I was I was high and I was at the top of a balcony and I remember I was just like yo I just it's just so much going on and so much in just this this stress of everything going on in my personal life and I just want to just hit a you know game over but yeah right yeah and so within doing that uh, I remember I was at the top of the balcony and I was about to jump. I was on the other side of the balcony. And so then I heard a voice. Now I know it's God. But back then it was just like, you know, I'm high. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, and it was literally like, no, go into the, to this bathroom at this hotel, lock yourself in it and you stay in there until you are ready to come out. Right. Wow. And so I did that and went to work the next morning. Um, I got up and I was like, all right, I got to change my... I had changed my life around. That was like crazy. And so uh, in that moment, uh, I came back, started the divorce, all those things, and uh, just really changed my life around. Now, within that, it didn't because I was still hard-headed as far as my Christianity, my faith. I, it took a real long journey to really get to the man that I am today. But I always say this. I always say there's no mistakes. Uh, there's just lessons. And I feel like within every process, you have to look and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times uh, I was a revenge type of person. I was like, this storm is happening to me. Okay, now I got to be a storm too and get back at it. But a lot of times the, the storm is there to clear a path. Right. And so when it's there, so when I got over the, the suicidal part and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? I'm going to do a reset instead of like a game over, do a reset. And so when I started to do that, my life started to open up. And now I look at my life now and I have a beautiful wife. 
you know, I have my beautiful kids mm -hmm. and I'm looking back and going, yo, and I always, I talk to a lot of people that are choosing to commit, you know, like they, they want to try it. They want to take their life out, away. And it's like, no, don't do that. And, and it's really deep because I explain it this way too, where that Christ dealt with that and people don't really understand that. You know what I mean? Where he okay, was on, let's, let's, talk, yeah, about let's, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about that because when he was on a mountain, right. You know, and he was alone and he was praying. Then the enemy came, the devil came and said, you know what? Why don't you jump off this right here? You know what I mean? Why don't you just wow. jump off of here and go ahead and the Lord is, he, he's going to save you. Right. And he's like, no, but I'm not going to tempt the Lord. My God, I'm not going to tempt him. I'm going to tempt the Lord. Right. And so in that moment, that was the enemy saying, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. When you know how powerful you are and what your mission is in life and we all have purpose, the enemy is going to try to tell you all kinds of different things to go against God. Right. right. And that's literally what goes on with all of us. All of us were born for a reason. All of us were born for a purpose. So when you really look at it as a spiritual warfare and not the person, whatever you might be going through with really the enemy in the spiritual realm trying to stop you from getting to where you need to be in life and really doing the things that God designed you to do. And so what happens is, is all these distractions and all these frustrations and us dwelling on things in our life to the point where it brings us down to a point of, I'm going to take myself out of here. Yeah, right. And it's like, do not do that. You know what I'm saying? Do not know that you were loved, know that you were born for a purpose and know that there's so much more for you. And uh, when I figured that out, that's when life really opened up. Yeah. I think yeah. what you're talking about is like, literally what adulthood is for me and that's mm -hmm. realizing that there's always going to be a positive and a negative there's always going to be these random forces that are trying to push you in one direction versus the other mm -hmm. but adulthood yeah. has been able to have the clarity to know and navigate the negative from the positive and to be okay with that like those negative voices are never loud enough in my head <laughs> to be able yeah. to overpower the positive ones and a network obviously a network of love and understanding is what continues to push me through yeah yeah but i do know that not everyone has that ability to see the good from the bad or has a support system to get them through rough times so i admire the work that you are doing kel to help people see that in themselves if you or someone you know is in crisis call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 800-273-8255 Five five, or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Stay tuned, because when we return, Kel gives us a special look inside his new book, Bless Mode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
You mentioned hearing the voice that you know is God now. At what point did you know it was God? In the heaviest moment, you must have thought, oh, I'm high. That's just the voice I'm hearing. When did it click that it was God? And when did you turn to religion, to faith? Uh, later. It, it clicked for me much. Le- let's talk about Canada, because that happened in Canada. So I had flew to go do Like Mike 2 in Canada. And mm-hmm. like I said, I was going through a lot. And then I said, the Lord showed me in such a beautiful way. And it was really deep because I was alone. So I was picked out of the situation that I was in with all the drama and flew to go do this job. But when the job was done, I was alone in the hotel. So when you're alone in this hotel room, this hotel room became not just my dwelling place for me to have my job. It turned into now a prayer closet, basically. So as I was mm-hmm. there, I remember I put on a, a, a candle and I started praying every morning. And I started, I picked up a, it was a bookstore that was down the street from the hotel and I got a daily Bible and I had devotionals in there. Right. And I would light this candle and read this devotional in the dark. That was just my thing. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to do that. Right. So I would do this every morning and and I got back to mama and my grandma and them taking me to church every day. And I really realized I got lost in in LA in Hollywood. Like it was like, it was stuff going on in the shop, but then it was stuff going on in LA that was just Mm -hmm. as nuts, just in a different type of way. And so when I was sitting there and it was just Kale and God, you know what I mean? And praying every moment and God was just edifying my spirit within, within me and reminding me of like that first love of finding about the Lord and finding out about Christ, right? So I'm doing this and I'm praying every day, right? Within this. And when I came back to LA, had to go through a lot of other different, you know, uh, things in my life. You know, we're talking about that was 2000, 2005, I believe. But I want to speed up. And the reason why I'm talking about this, because I recently did a film with Kim Fields mm-hmm. called Adventures in Christmas. Eve. Love her. <laughs> but but let me tell you how the Lord worked. Let me tell you how deep this is. Oh, I'm ready. All right. So the Lord was like, okay, you got to go to Canada to film this movie. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Then they told me the name of the hotel. Same hotel. Same exact hotel. Wow. Not only same exact hotel, same area into which the room that I was in. Right? Wow. So... To go in with now different eyes and godly eyes and having a journey that was very deep of ups and downs, but now knowing God was with me in every up and down and now really realizing, finding the joy in those up and downs and now being in this spot now, looking through God's eyes and not mine, I just just broke down in praise first of all. Then I walked everywhere that I walked before in Canada. I just took a long walk. Like I was telling, <laughs> I was telling my wife, like, I'm just going to walk everywhere that I walked when I was there back in 2005. And I went to, I went in front of a, a church that was there that I went to. And I just got, just put my hands on that church and just said, thank you, Jesus. Because you're talking yeah. about 16, 17 years later. I'm a whole different man than I was before. I was a broken man when I was a Canadian, but now to be whole within the Lord, to go back. And I'm like, I, I, and I'm getting emotional now because I'm letting people know, don't miss those moments. Those moments are coming. You know what I yeah. mean? Where that, when you really look it through God's eyes, 
and you can go, oh man, thank you. And hey, man, because he never leaves you. It's it's yeah. really us. It's it's us that have to figure it out. There's mm-hmm. a there's an opening in everybody's heart that connects you to the Lord. But it's like so many of us is like, it's either over anger or unforgiveness or frustrations, things that we were going through. And we just can't see him, you know, because there's so much yeah. going on. Yeah. But when I decided to say, look, I'm going to put God in everything that I do, you know what I mean? In, every, in everything that I do. And trust me, it was hard. Like that wasn't my only thing. Cause that's why I always tell people when they go, oh, that was the rock bottom thing. And then you, you, you found the Lord. Nah, <laughs> it was right. even more. It was other times. It was time I had an apartment and everything went off after that in, the, in there. And I had, I had a little, a little money to give me a dollar. A dollar burger <laughs> off the McDonald's menu, right? And I and, and I remember my life before a couple of years before, and I was sitting in that apartment, and all the lights went out, and I just bawled crying. You know what I mean? Wow. So yeah. it's like you know to be able to, you know, get past certain things in your life and traumatic things that are in your life that you have just been dealing with, and then just have the blessing come. Uh, it's yeah. such a beautiful thing in helping others. I was going to say, Cal, is that the testimony that led you to want to become a youth pastor? Because looking at it now, you're in like such a unique position to be able to talk through this lens of having been in a really dark space, been yeah. through the child stardom, navigating Hollywood and having all these external factors that kind of uniquely positioned you to be able to talk to youth in a way that I don't think we see very often. Yes. For me to see celebs that, you know, I see another side, right? So now I look at it like I will do, be doing a disservice if I didn't let people know the love that God puts in us and to be unapologetically you within your faith and let them know how to get through it. Because it's only God that that's why, while I'm sitting here now, you know, right. When I started preaching, so I'll take you through that. Cause a lot of people go like, why are you, you a preacher? How'd that happen? Right? <laughs> so there was a time where it was like, you know, I'm, I'm in and out of, in and out of court, living check to check jobs, you know, but see, and here's the different thing about it is that when you're still a celebrity, you're still a celebrity. So mm-hmm. people are still like, Hey, what's up? What's up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through these things. And then I remember clearly the Lord said, Hey, go tell your testimony, go tell your story. I want you to go talk to some students. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to, I want you to go talk to students and talk about, you know, life and in, in, in Chicago and in, in, in LA and the things that you've learned and went through in LA and go speak to them. Okay. So I started uh, talking to different youth groups, juvie homes. I was speaking all the time. And, you know, here's the beautiful thing that I noticed within that is that, cause you talked about finding your joy, right? So within that, when you're going through something, right? Actually, you actually going through something. You're saying, well, I need some joy. I need some motivation. And then the Lord says, no, I want you to go talk into people and help them. And as you helping others, there's a blessing within that, where that it starts to help you. You know what I mean? And it starts to help you as you're blessing them. And I found this joy in sharing my stories, some of them very hard stories, but then hearing their hard stories as well. And then us encouraging one another was such a beautiful moment. And then that makes you go like, oh, well, that's really what it's all about. It's right. really us encouraging one another and saying, oh, you've dealt with that? Because like literally like when I go through uh, the things that I went through, like when you're going through the storm, you're like, man, Lord, why is this happening? But that's why now I say it's a lesson because it's going to help someone later. Now, like things that I went through 
five years ago, things I went through 10 years ago, I meet someone that's going through something that I've been going, that I defeated 10 years ago or five years ago. And now I can say, look, bro, this is how I did it. Look, sis, this is how I did it with God's help. You know, this, and this is what, and that's why it's so important that we be transparent because I'm at a point now, I don't care. I don't, right. I don't care <laughs> that you, you know, that it's like, oh, why are you talking about Jesus? Because. Because I want to. Because Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> because I want then, to. <laughs> but you get out. You, it's because Jesus was there. When it was the low time, Jesus was there. When it was the high times, Jesus was there. So, and I remember me and my beautiful wife, we decided to do these live shows for kids, right? In the city of Carson and in Compton called the Back House Party right? And we wanted to put on these dance shows for kids, right? So we put on these dance shows. It was back in the jerk movement when people used to do the jerk. Yeah, movement. that's back right. now? The kids yes. TikTok are jerking again. It is. It's very strange. Hey, jerk, jerk it ain't dead. That's what they say. <laughs> so uh, we saw kids dancing in the streets, doing all that. And we were like, yo, they need a place where they can like battle and, you know, have a dance competition and we'll show them how to shoot a show and it'd be fun. So I was just doing this within the community with my wife and we put on shows and we started with like, I want to say, started with like 20 kids came. That was it, right? And we're like, man, all right. And then so we said, well, we're going to still continue to do it. And it grew every month to like 500 kids was in there and 600 kids. And then it started going global because we put it on YouTube, which was beautiful, right? But I say that to say like, while we were doing that, I was in church, right? And so while I was in church, I was in helps ministry and I was in helps ministry and I was helping anything my pastor needed help with, I was helping them with, right? And I was doing that for years and speaking to youth. And I remember he came to this show that we were doing in the community for kids because I was really about giving back me and my wife and we were in there and uh, I would pray before every show. We would pray before every show. And my pastor saw that and he said, Yo, I love how you praying in front of everybody. You know what? You you need to do that for the youth at the church. As a matter of fact, I think you should be preaching. And I said, wait a minute. Hold on. I was like, <laughs> I, I ain't hear that. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. But but the truth was, I, I had heard it. I heard it from evangelists. I've heard it from people when I was eight years old telling me this. But I was like, how am I going to do that when I'm in the, the, the business? You know what I mean? How can I preach and also still be? It's not possible. And uh, I just kept really praying on it. And what you should always do when somebody speaks over your life, you should go to the word of God and confirm it so that you know, like, okay, this what they did really hear from God. So I took some time to really do that. And what was crazy, another devotional, this is deep, <laughs> where that every devotional I was reading during this time of me trying to figure it out was going to go to all the world and speak the gospel. I was seeing that verse like, over and over again. I was like, oh Lord, you talking to me to really do this. So then I said, well, if I'm going to do this, how do you, how you want me to do it? He was like, I want you to stay within the business that you're doing too, because you know that we need it. You know what I mean? Within the entertainment business. And I want you to, I want that to be a part of your ministry as well. And so uh, I didn't have anybody to look at that, that was doing that, you know, at, at that time when, like, when I decided to do it, and I hadn't seen anybody and I was trying to find out who can I talk to? And my wife said, why don't you be the first? You just go ahead. You know what I mean? And I said, hey, man, I was like, let's go. Shout out to supportive partnership. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and so uh, Mr. Rogers was someone that I did find as I was preaching. And I found out that like, yo, he preached, you know, his ministry was the Mr. Rogers show. Yeah. And I was like, that's beautiful. And then I started to 
look at my life and I went, wait, 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 hold up, Lord. You were preparing me for this this entire way because I had a heart, I always had a heart for youth and for teens because me growing up in Chicago, a community theater is what changed my life, right? Being at community theater. And so for me, doing that same thing for teens and speaking to them all those years, not saying, oh, I'm gonna be a pastor, but speaking to the youth, helping the youth, uh, dealing with my own mental health and all those different things, I was the right person to be able to speak to these teens. I know I'm talking a lot, but no, I'm just like, you were already out. doing it. Yeah. You were already doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was already doing it. And so for me, it's just confirmation when the Lord is telling you something in your heart, step out and just, mm-hmm. you know, take the leap of faith. Take the, take the leap of faith and try it. You know what I mean? And you just never know like what can happen because you're doing it through his lens, through his eyes. And yeah, right. I almost stopped talking because I'm over here. Just- no, that's <laughs> beautiful. That actually takes us right into yeah. your book. I feel like writing a book is so personal. Like yeah. it's so personal and intimate. It's like you're alone. You're facing yourself. That's who yeah. you're battling. But your yeah. book offers a 90 day challenge for readers to identify and receive the blessings in their lives. Can you give a sneak peek into those steps? What are the steps that you laid out? <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is what I do. So it's really deep. So throughout my, my life and, and trials that I was going through and all kinds of things, it was really finding the Christ in the crisis. Because here's the thing, just because we're believers does not mean that we're not going to go through trouble. Yeah. All right. So there's going to be trouble that comes up, you know, and when things used to come up, I used to be like, if I take it in kill mode, there's anxiety, there's, we got to do this, we got to do that. But mm-hmm. when I take it in blessed mode, which is God's mode, then it turns into, okay, forgiveness, respond in love, respond in a kind way. So how do you do that? Okay, I got to prepare for that. You got to, right. you got to prepare me for that. And mm-hmm. I'll use blessed mode as like, um, I don't know if you all play video games when you're younger. Yeah, but, I was going to ask okay. you where this title came from. <laughs> okay, so this, this is where it came from. Okay, so in video games, they have a thing called God mode, right? Mm-hmm. And in God mode, it's where that uh, the designers would go in and test the game. And they would do all these things to like try to figure out if there's any glitches within the game, right? And so them doing that, they called it God mode. So then what happened was, was that players started to get the code that they had to get into games to start checking things. So uh, that happened like early eighties, where it was up, down, up, down, left, right, start. And that Mm -hmm. was a Nintendo thing where now you can get infinite life and you can skip levels and all these different things, because now you know what the designer of this game knows, right? So when you invite Jesus into your heart, and you decide to get up early in the morning and speak to him about your day because he's the one that knows your future, right? And so instead of waking up with all the craziness, like, oh man, I went to bed with all this stress and these things I was going through, but I wanna get up and I'm gonna talk to the Lord about that stress, about what's going on and prepare for my day and keep my family covered, keep me covered and deal with all of that in the morning, right? Now he's speaking to your heart. Now you know what the designer of you knows, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're going into it with bless mode, right? Because you're preparing your day. So within the book, what I do is, is that I have you get up in the morning and there's a Bible verse that mm-hmm. you'll, that'll be there. Then there's a short story from my life, you know, how I utilize that Bible verse. I love that. And then after that, what I have is I'll have you pray. 
And then after you pray, this is my favorite part. It's called go get them blessings. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag go get them blessings. I like this. Now, and go get them blessings. I give you a challenge, you know, for that day. And the reason I do that is because a lot of us, we talk about things we've been through, but it's like, now I want you to try it. So let's say there's a coworker, right? That uh, within the book I'm talking about, let's say that day I'm talking about forgiveness, right? And I'm talking about forgiveness and then responding in love. And you read it. Then in the go get the blessing section, I'll say, okay, if it's someone that you know that does not respond in love, and every time you see that person, they they getting on you, they, they upset you, right? And they just mess your energy up. Mm-hmm. And so you respond the same way, like, I ain't talking to them, right? So, but what I want you to do today, instead of doing that, I want you to talk to them and respond in love, right? Mm. Respond in love, <laughs> no matter what ill thing they say, respond in love. And then what I have, I have a hashtag there because then after they do it, I want them to share with others how it was done now i a guy gave me this idea yes social strategy yeah (laughs) to put it in there because so many people are searching online for ways to deal with you know being positive and then they see this and go oh whoa okay bless mode go get them blessings okay this is a way that i can do it. it and and it connects people all over the world that connect to the book it connects them to god and their way they have that change and so that's why i did blessed mode and also too with the things that i went through in my life you see how devotionals really helped me so when people were like yo you need to do the memoir and i was like nah i want to do a devotional first because i feel like we're so busy and we're getting so much information with whether it's from you know tv and it's all these different things that are coming to us in our regular lives that are you know busy And this is something where you could just read a page a day, get in tune with the Lord, let him touch your heart and get you ready for the entire day and put a hedge of protection over your entire family Mm -hmm. and yourself for the day. That's what blessed yeah. mode is. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because you kind of almost modernized what the devotional looks like for us. So I can't wait for people to pick it up, to read it, to use it, to hashtag the mess out of this. Yep. <laughs> yes. So excited. We have a quick little game. Okay. You are one of our favorite, favorite people to do impersonations. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And you've already done a few this episode. So we're going to give you a scenario and a character that you've often done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically a new age blast from the past, right? So we're going to take one of your old characters and put them in a new age scenario. And we'll see how they react. Okay. The first one is, Repairman has been asked to fix a leak in the Kardashian household. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A leak in the Kardashian household. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> don't worry, Kim. Don't worry, Kim. I can repair this. It's okay. No, just hand me the plunger. Okay. <laughs> I'm repair man, 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 man. I found I these that. Yeezys. I found these Yeezy shoes under the <laughs> under the pipe. Can I have them? I don't know. <laughs> so good. I love it. Next, we have Ed from Good Burger to okay. a new gig at McDonald's. How does he greet his first customer? <laughs> okay welcome to mcdonald's home of mcdonald's can i take your order yeah. um this is not as good as good burger um but i'm here and you know they have really good nuggets um but you know what i'm doing to make mcdonald's as good as good burger is that i'm putting my good sauce into all of the burgers well so the quarter pounder is now really really good huh? 
You're I so love that. good. And last but not least, <laughs> Kel from Keenan and Kel has been asked to do an infomercial for Pepsi, okay. even though we all know he loves orange soda. <laughs> um, who who loves Pepsi? Um, I don't. Who loves? I can't do this. I can't do it. I love orange soda. I love orange soda, y'all. I love orange soda. I mean, shout out to Pepsi and shout out to Pepsi for allowing me to do this, but they need an orange flavor. You need an orange flavor. (laughs) Basically, he ruined the commercial. He ruined it. Right. Like what infomercial? You're so good. (laughs) This has just been so inspirational, but we want to make sure that we end the podcast the same way that we always do. And Mm -hmm. if you can fill in the blank, my black is resilient because... My black is resilient because mm, I want to say because of the black church. Now, mm. <laughs> now, let, now let me say that the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because you get you know you get lost like the prodigal son, you know yeah. what I mean? Because that was like that was me basically, and then you go back and when father's going, yo, I still love you, and prayer still works. And you've gone, you've got this far. I didn't bring you this far to leave you. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. That's what keeps me resilient and going. That's so good. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) This has made my day. You have literally brought so much energy. This is so good. You took us through Hollywood to church. Church. To our childhood. (laughs) This has been such a treat. Thank you so much. This is very much needed. We appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate y'all. Definitely. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by Aisha Jordan and edited by Myron Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.